Welcome to another episode of Dangerously Dainty, where we talk with underestimated people who make bold moves. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to our third episode of Dangerously Dainty. Today, I have a very special group of people. I invited two of my best friends from high school, and we had a very unique high school experience. We attended an all-girls school. And in the past, I've met a lot of people who were a little shocked and asked a lot of questions about what it was like. So I decided to invite a few of my friends who were fellow ducks and we're going to share the highs and lows of attending the academy. So hopefully this will be an insightful episode of what it's like to be in a community full of women, how we took those experiences in high schools and how they've affected us today. And we're just going to jump into it. So my first guest, I met Lisa in our freshman science class, and she attended Boston University. She is a boxing queen. That is her fun fact. And Rachel is my second guest, and she was actually my sewing instructor. So she's been a part of my life ever since then. And she attended UMass Amherst, and she's now enrolled as a graduate student at BC. So let's welcome our guests. Say hi, y'all. If you want to add hello. anything. Hello, hello. Cool. So I have a little bit of an icebreaker question. So because this episode is about like a female community, I thought, why not ask which Kardashian would you identify with the most, seeing that we're both obsessed with this show? So Lisa, do you know who your Kardashian would be? I don't know. I think I'm in between Chloe and Kim. Chloe? Because I do really like, I don't know. I like the businesswoman side of Kim. And I love old Chloe. Not saying I don't love her now, but I feel like she was more genuine back then. Might be controversial. But maybe we'll talk more about that later. <laughs> cute, cute. Okay, Rachel. Chloe all the way. Are you joking me? I love it. I don't know how I'm not a Kardashian yet. I want to be, I want to be part of the family. I want Chloe to be my best friend. I'm like very excited. (laughs) She's excited that uh, Tristan Thompson is now part of the Celtics. So we're Boston based. So we just hope that we'll run into Chloe someday. Yeah, definitely run into Chloe. Definitely want to. Coincidentally. Yes. <laughs> not that we stalk her or anything we can't say that on the internet guys sure yeah there's no <laughs> stalkers <laughs> I guess my Kardashian would be Courtney we've talked about this before I really appreciate that she's kind of earthy crunchy and she has like all of those natural beauty products she has what's it called poosh mm-hmm. So maybe that's what I'm trying to do. I don't know. I just relate with her. So it fits. It definitely fits. Yeah, it makes sense. All right. Let's just dive into the topic, I guess. How do how do you feel about attending an all-girls school? Or maybe just give a little bit of a background as to 
did you choose to go to an all-girls school? Um, what made you so inclined to intend, attend FBA? Um, yeah. Go back to your middle school self when you were applying because we had to apply to the school, which is wild. At least I did. I don't know. <laughs> if, yeah. Yeah. Um, all-girls school wasn't my cup of tea but I didn't really have a choice to be honest I coming from not the best of the town but my town didn't have the best education system and so going to school in the town nearby was just like a privilege that I had so it wasn't really an option I don't know how to word it um so I was just thankful that I was able to have that opportunity yeah and it my was sister the best choice there. for you out of like the options yeah and my sister went there as well so you know gotta keep that legacy up and I don't know I didn't really apply to any other all-girls schools because they just I feel like they didn't fit me I wouldn't really belong there as much you do feel a difference at the other schools and I just thought Fong Fong was the most like home type of feeling did you feel that sense of home Rachel I I I did at Fompon and like Lisa I had a legacy my my cousin had a couple of my cousins had attended um before I decided to but coming out of eighth grade I was hell-bent on like going to the public school um I didn't grow up going to public school so I was like I'm gonna love it I went and spent one day at the public school oh my goodness I was like a fish out of water I was like huddled against the lockers like get me out of here I want nothing to do with this and I really didn't expect to love um the academy as much as I did but then I went and and shadowed for a day and just fell in love with the vibe with the interaction between the girls and their teachers um the course offerings they had there I was just I was I was sold so my parents um did they let it be my decision but um I was a very shy, very timid, um, middle schooler. And I think, um, Fompon presented me immediately with the ability to be, um, empowered and, and more outspoken. And I felt that from the second I walked through those doors. So Fompon was definitely my choice. Yeah. And like you said, Rachel, you were inclined because you saw this community of like really empowered women, And it's interesting because that's what I saw too when I visited. And in comparison to visiting co-ed schools, I didn't get the same vibe. And I would just notice girls trying to get the attention of guys in a multitude of ways. And that was just me going to a quick tour, like, not even being there for a full week or anything, but picking up on those tendencies and behaviors. And at Fompon, that was out of sight, out of mind. People were very focused on participating in class, not so much focused on their appearance, but what was coming out of their mouths, their intelligence and all of that. So I definitely think that's something that stands out in going to an all-girls school. 
Definitely, definitely. I say all the time, any competition or drama um, had nothing to do with boys. It always had to do with what we were achieving and where we were going and, and what was next. Um, so don't get me wrong, high school girls, there of course was drama, um, but never once was it was it about a boy or what was happening. We were, we were always, always, always pushing each other, even if it felt catty in the moment, pushing each other to do more and do better. Um, and we set examples for each other every day. I, I like really believe that. You brought up a great point and a segue to my next question, which was, it wasn't catty about, you know, like proving to someone like, who's prettiest or like who can be in a relationship, but it was more of a competitive environment. I know Lisa and I had a lot of conversations about that, especially because we were placed in like a lower um, level of science and math classes, which is ironic because (laughs) we ended up doing very well. And, um, you know, we proved people wrong, but we definitely felt that sense of competition and wanting to, you know, succeed and again, prove people wrong by showing our like academic excellence. Yeah. I think when I was looking at high schools, I knew Falbon was all girls, but I just didn't, it never processed to me that what it really meant to go to an all-girls school until I honestly graduated and I'm just like in my college form I was living right next to boys and like at first it was scary but then I'm just like what it doesn't really matter because all throughout high school like I never really cared to be in a relationship all I cared about was honestly which is kind of nerdy to say is like bettering myself and like getting an education and how can I grow and like truly loving yourself I don't know why I always remember this, but Alban always had like a love your body week. And it really did mean a lot to me because even to some people, it might not. I just feel like your insecurities really does play a role in like how you portray yourself to others. And it really helps. I completely forgot about that. That's so true. Like the fact that we were we had a school and administration that really did their best to promote bo- body positivity was great. And maybe in a, in another school setting, people didn't get that. I remember in, in a recent study abroad trip, people asked me like, how was your health education classes going to like a private all girls school? Like, did they not reveal certain things in terms of sexuality? And yeah, there were definitely some things that weren't talked about. But there were topics like body positivity that really fueled the confidence and like our mental health and well being in that way. And I think the health thing too, we had some great teachers some great role models who kind of took it and could run with it and had more, more freedom than they would have, I think at another, at another school. And they really cared about us and they really put their stamp that they, they ingrained in us, their brand of feminism, right. That has kind of kept 
at least me going I, and I see it in your lives all the time with both of you um their Talk brand a of little bit about going. that like that brand of feminism because I think people will see an all-girls school and stereotypically have thoughts or beliefs of it's culty they're kind of preparing girls for more of like a domestic lifestyle because that's like a very old school traditional way of thinking but I didn't feel those values being taught to us no it's it's feminism with a lens of social justice in the best way so it's how can you as as a strong woman of courage made strong (laughs) quoting quoting what, what was ingrained in us all the time. We were, we repeated all the time, women of courage made strong. How can you make yourself better and bigger and take up space and be knowledgeable so that you can help people who um, are less fortunate so that you can care about a cause and do something to change it. Um, and I think that's like sort of exemplified in like in the way that we completed our journey in theology courses there, which was with a social justice class. And um, well, each of us did a huge project. Um, I worked with foster students. Um, and so it was, I was trying to take all of the components of a woman of respect, responsibility, reconciliation, and reverence, put ourselves in a space where we can really make a difference. Um, and so this feminism piece, in addition to social justice is I can make a difference and be in the world. And I have something to say that's important because I have something to say for other people. Um, I, 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 did you guys have like a similar sort of definition or is, is it different than mine? No, I agree. I also think it's interesting though, because in the moment of doing it, I don't think we realize what we're really doing and the impact of it. Like, even seeing my little sister, she's like helping, she's tutoring girls on like computer science. And I'm just like, even by doing that, you don't realize like the impact of it. And so once you actually have grown up and see like, I've never written like a 30 page paper of like overconsumption of plastics. It's like, it was high school and I did that, which is, it's still impressive to me. And I'm still like, people, please read my paper from high school. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, should I bring that up? But you know what? Maybe other high schoolers don't have like a 20 plus paper built in with a volunteer experience. And mine was on body image issues that models in the fashion industry faced and how that could affect young women. So I went to It was an interesting program, but I went to a place that taught girls how to use the runway to like improve their confidence, like, and use power poses and um, how to apply that in their daily life too. So it's crazy that we had that experience at such a young age. And you're right. I don't think we, I think we're a very self-aware group of people, um, we were all very intelligent and very mindful young people more than I think we give ourselves credit for. Um, But definitely as you get older, I think you start to appreciate the experience a little bit more because in the thick of it, it was overwhelming to complete all those projects. Um, And it was overwhelming to see people do so many great things at the age of like 14, 15, and you're like, how the hell <laughs> like, can I compete with that? Um, did 
did you feel that way, Rachel, like that competitive nature a little bit and how, you know, I I think we talk about a lot um, in our personal conversations, how we take that way of thinking into our daily work now as young working professionals, graduate students, and um, are very critical of every little thing we do because that's so ingrained in our, just in our mental capacities. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. The, the, the good isn't good enough thing that was kind of pushed on us all the time has done wonders for me, right? Because good isn't good enough. Like I'm capable of the best and I can do the best and I can get there. Um, however, it also doesn't leave a lot of room for forgiving yourself sometimes. Um, and I'd be lying if I don't think about all of these incredible, powerful women who led us through our education all the time. Like, what would they say about, about this for me? Mm-hmm. Um, am I reaching the level that they saw for me? Um, how do I get there? And they, they, they set such high expectations because they wanted us to see that we could do it. But um, yeah, I think that competitive nature is really there and it, it, it does, it does really carry. Um, but, you know, I'm really grateful. I think overall it instilled something positive. I think um, it's taken a little bit of unlearning, right? And, and deconstructing like, so where are the positive bits of this mm-hmm. for me? And where is that like really insecure, really yeah. timid high school student that's going to talk to the big lady in the big office um, oh about what I'm doing, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, competition was a part of it. And as someone who's a self who like hates competition, like says it out loud, I look back at what I did in high school and I was like, wow, I was really, I was pushing for things. I don't know if I would do that in the same way today. I don't know. Like, is that strength still in there? I don't know. I think so. I, I, it's intrinsically in you. And that's the thing, maybe that nature of wanting to be better, be better than good was just an internal competition too. You know, no one was really pinning us against each other. It was just like, maybe it was inspiration. Maybe it was a drive that we were getting from each other. And just as women, we tend to, um, you know, over, over push ourselves sometimes. Um, and, and it's all about like a healthy balance of having that drive, but also, you know, not, sacrificing your like mental, your mental health. But, and I think, you know, like you said, it it pushed us to be better. And Lisa and I both transferred from our first college. And I think a lot of that had to do with, you know, where we were when we were in high school and by the end of our first year in college, where we wanted to be. And there were a lot of feelings of being under, feeling underestimated, wanting to prove ourselves, um, prove ourselves to our senior high school selves and show that all the work that we did was worth it and that we could keep pushing ourselves in college. How did, how did you feel about that? I think in high school, we just put so much pressure on ourselves and then stepping back and seeing how hard you've worked to get where you are and then not exactly seeing like 
the results you wanted is really hard to deal with. But it's also like a good learning curve because I'm so glad I went through that because I wouldn't be where I am now without going through that. And I had, even though I transferred, I was in love with like my first college. I tell everyone all the time, I'm like, I don't hate it at all. Like I had the time of my life. I grew and I'm still like bestest friend. I have more best friends from my first college than I do now. But I think what it came down to was because of high school, I always wanted like a challenge, a fight. I just wanted to like also be better and not just like plateau. And I think that's why I wanted to. So then I also took a co-op, which wasn't traditional at all. And then I transferred and that really did push me out of my comfort zone. I think that's what Fonbon really does well is push you out of your comfort zone, um, especially even with the presentations and like, I don't know, it just forces you to learn a lot of skills that you don't typically would learn. I've never been to public school, but that I don't think you would get at public school. Yeah, I will. And like not to discredit like the education that people receive at a public school, but it is distinct and like um, the type of lessons that we learn. Um, and going into that, what were some of the most defining lessons that you learned or teachers that inspired you or maybe teachers that you despised and now you're so grateful for because you realize that they made it more of an impact on your life than you realize um, because that tends to be the case when we're in high school. We don't really recognize who our biggest motivators um, mm-hmm. and then we tend to um, reflect them in several ways in our present. Yeah. Um well, you brought up teachers, and that's such a good point, because there's so many teachers who I didn't despise, but they just wasn't the biggest fan of me, and it's hard when you're not, like, a teacher's favorite. I was never a teacher's favorite, but, like, you're always, like, I want to be better, and I don't understand why I'm not, but then looking back at it, I'm, like, they're only doing that because they want you to be better, mm-hmm. and so, like, it makes sense. It's like a parent. It's like, I'm, I, you're going to yell at a child, not because you hate them, because you want them to be better. But then it also goes around with like the teachers that were um, like loving and did support you. So like I had a teacher that once told me, he was like, wow, I literally thought you were like a college student walking into this classroom. I didn't even think you were in high school. And like for some reason, that was just such like a compliment that stuck with me. And then my other, my theology teacher was saying how once I'm like off doing great things to never forget him. And I'm like, wow, that's great. But I'm, I don't, I'm still waiting on that great thing to happen. So it's a good balance though. Yeah. Of of the supportive system. What about you, Rachel? I, you immediately said teachers that you love and tears like entered my eyeballs. Um, I, I, I can't say even the teachers that frustrated me and like Lisa said, pushed too hard every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I look back now with such a fondness. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a progressive group of people. It's a progressive staff, especially for a, a private school. So you've got perspectives, right. From all over the place. Um, you were, you were functioning within this, um, 
you weren't just in a classroom, like you were a part of a culture and every part of you had to adhere to that. You got different parts from different people, right? You got the, like, this is how you buck up and be a professional from some, right? This, yeah. the, and then you got like, this is how you really critically think and analyze. Um, and then down to technical skills, when it comes to writing, I think you said earlier about the amount of writing that we did, it was crazy. Um, but even stylistically, we were just, we were just really, we learned so much. Um, there's a teacher that I became very close with and she paid for my prom tickets because I couldn't afford to pay it in all one low and lump sum. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. Like I I can't think about it without crying. Um and since we've graduated, we've lost some of my favorite people. Mm-hmm. And I um for some reason I they're just it's crazy to think that that we would go back there and they're not gonna be there anymore. God rest mm-hmm. their souls. Um but just really special, empowering, talented people, you mm-hmm. know, inside and outside of the classroom. I Definitely. brought like great points up of like the different ways that these teachers contributed to our experience through technical skills and lessons, through more of the like you know, what, what are the qualities that it takes to be a hardworking individual? Um, and, and there's a range within that. And that's really important that, you know, talking about the impact that mentorship can give to a person. And, you know, I, I talked about this in, in the second episode, you know, to be, a really effective, well-rounded working professional. You usually take lessons from a mentor that works in the industry that you're in. And, you know, it's not necessarily that you're going to do everything by the book that the mentor did, right? But just taking the bits and pieces and making, you know, making yourself grow from certain things that 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 person teaches you. And you're going to have that for the rest of your life. And that shaped you, especially when you're, 14 to 17. Those are really big defining um, years in your life. And thinking back, I definitely, (laughs) there were some people that like, there were moments I was like very like harsh, like criticism. Um, But I was able to use that and mold it to my own benefit. And um, that just made me want to work even harder to, to continue, you know, becoming the person that I think they saw in me. Um, maybe they didn't communicate it that way, but they definitely saw a potential in me that I didn't at the time. And I, and I think about that time to time because, you know, w- would they see who I am today and be proud of that? Um, yeah. And or like, mm-hmm. it's like, if I'm ever down, I'm like, and I think I'm like do- failing in life, these teachers saw something in me. Why don't I see that in myself? And I'm like, yeah. if they, people around me who have known me for four years, not even like grown up with me my entire life, if they see something, not even, some teachers teach you for like a few months like hot like I don't even know or the yeah. leave and they like see great things so it's like why don't I see that in myself and then I think also because of that you see it in your friends and you see how great 
how much that they'll um, accomplish in life. So you also like want to grow better as well. But then I think you'll also bond on how stressful and anxiety and like how, I don't know, tiresome it could also be at the same time, but it's just an interesting culture. Yeah, I think um, there were definitely some good cops and bad cops kind of uh, dynamics. And um, I wonder, you know, do do we take some of those insecurities um, that we have, Lisa? Like you mentioned when talking about, you know, like, am I, am I good enough now? You know, how, how to really um, – recompensate those thoughts with more positive ones and changing that like that mentality that an maybe like insecure 15 year old had but realizing that you're an experienced 20 something year old you know Mm -hmm. I think also even if I was in high school and I would see myself graduating and like working the job that I am I would never believe you I'm like I probably would not, I don't know. It's just, it is insane looking back at where I am, even though I still think I'm not doing the best that I could. But if I, if like my 15 year old self was to, she would think that's like a dream of hers. Would, would you give your 15 year old self any advice looking back? Oh, that's such a good one. Um, yes. Oh my goodness. I tell my little sister this all the time. I'm like, you know, grades are such a big deal in the moment. But if you look back, you're not going to be crying over a like 20 that you got on a test, like everything will work out on its own. Like, yes, maybe that 20 you'll stress out and do better on the next one. But like, it's not the end of the world. Like yeah. you'll yeah. be completely fine. Even if you come in last in like a race or like, you're not the best on a team or in a group, like you'll, you'll be fine. Being able to cope with failure is so important because you can't win everything. And that is an unrealistic uh, understanding of life because then when failure comes and you've never experienced loss or anything like that at the age of 30, it's going to hit you hard then. Mm -hmm. So realizing that at a younger age is really important. What about you, Rachel? What advice would you give your younger self? Before I go on to advice, I need to backtrack to 15-year-old Ariana for a second because you mentioned, <laughs> let's like go backwards, because you mentioned that, and, and you're not wrong in saying that you received some criticism from people at that school that no one else did, harsher than, than I ever experienced. And I think also out of all the girls I keep in contact with from Pompon, you present yourself the most different um, in, in, in every way, in every single way, but not in a way that has taken you away or out of um, that beautiful person that just became one of my dearest friends so quickly. And, and I think it's so cool that you have been able to do things like this and create a podcast and be this creative, wonderful, strong woman in this world in all of the amazing ways and still not grow apart from the people that you love. You grew up, you didn't grow away from anybody really. Um, 
Yeah, because, you know, how can you grow away from the people that were part of putting the building blocks together? You know, like one individual, it's not just a one person effort, you know, not not that you can't do things alone. Yes, you should do things alone in life and grow, but you have to acknowledge all the people that took up role and played a part in that in that journey because every single person is is going to be a reflection of yourself you know so the favorite conversations that I have the three of us everyone we can look at each other and be like hey your font bond is showing like it's coming out like there it is um and so we see that in each other and and that has always been there for you and I don't know like why they needed to be so harsh in the way that they did, but you just took it and you, and you ran. Um, and so I think, I think what's really cool is at our, at our core, you know, these things that like that feminism I was talking about earlier, that like intense, I need to be here feminism that some people are confused by our definition of what a feminist really looks like. Like you have and have embodied in the best way, both of you. And like, it, it's just, it's, I look at you and I'm astounded and I see the pop on woman that our 15 year old selves would just want to be truthfully. Cause it, it was very, um, I was very critical of myself in that time. I think we all were and sometimes still are. Um, but at the time I think it was a result of like, you know, people in higher leadership being a little bit too, um, having their expectations way too high, maybe. Um, but I'll never forget, you know, the community of, of friends that I made there that made it all, you know, worth it and easier to go through. And, you know, the good advice of, of one specific teacher that I'm thinking I've, I had several good teachers, amazing teachers, but I'm thinking of Miss Gabziella. I'm not afraid to say her name here. Wow, you just went for it. <laughs> <laughs> because she, when I applied to be valedictorian, she was on the board of people that interviewed me. And she, when I found out that I got the I don't know, award or recognition or whatever you might call it. She said, when I read your application and I saw your, you represent yourself, I knew that you had a message that was essential to share to the entire class that life comes with adversity, but it's about the community of people that you choose to lift you up during those challenges and those obstacles, because that's what life life is about. You know, nothing in life is going to be easy, but it's, again, who you choose to make it a little bit more um, digestible and more of a positive life, you know? And I think Fanban created a unique environment in which we could do those things. Um, as messy as high school, any high school is going to be, right? It, it was, it was the values that were there. It was the women around us, and it was the the stu- the way we were able to build bonds without the other high school crap. You know, mm-hmm. the other high school just crap. Yeah. Which, which is a good segue because ultimately we did go to co-ed 
colleges and universities. So Rachel, did you feel that shift and was it hard? Because not that it's the same as like co-ed high school crap, like you said, but it is still like a transition and kind of assimilating yourself to this environment that the majority of people have already been in, you know, and in the classroom and social settings. We were definitely in a bubble. That oh, a bubble, bubble to it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a bubble. When I, when we graduated, I was ready to graduate and experience the world a little bit. So I'm very grateful I ended up a place like UMass, massive, all the people from all the walks of life. Um, and, and I felt the transition, right. But I was ready for it. And I was more confident in who I was at that point. Um, there was no, like the high school, right. When, when I tried to tour the public high school, like cowering in the corner, like there was none of that. I was just like ready to be in the world. Um, and I, but I do look back at my college experience and I have many guy friends, right. But most of them are from, um, closed communities, which I, which I was a part, like, um, I'm very Middle Eastern, my guy friends are Middle Eastern, or they're the same religiously as me. Um, and so I don't know how it, it may have changed the way that I interacted socially with people. It had to, right. Um, it had to, but, um, overall it was a thing I was prepared for. Um, and I think I entered it more confidently than I anticipated myself being I thought I was gonna like be like glued to the wall and not be able to speak but that wasn't it at all I figured my way around a big institution pretty quickly um because I think I I knew I had a foundation that that wasn't gonna go anywhere um and I wasn't gonna change who I who I was um I had fun I did party am I a party girl no did I let my did I let people make me feel bad about that no mm-hmm. um so that's a long-winded, of say, long-winded way of saying that um, I felt it, but it was nothing but positive. Lisa, you mentioned to the shock of just living in a co-ed building. Yeah, I mean, high school me was like, "Wait, what do you mean I'm living next? I'm living in the baseball building. Is a base like what?" But similar to what Rachel said, like, I don't. I thought I was going to be more nervous going into it, but once I was there, like. I think I just knew who I was myself that mm-hmm. I didn't really care or like, I didn't care. I honestly never cared what boys really thought. It's like, if they didn't like me, they didn't like me. If they did, they did. And I don't, it's not just like trying to find a boyfriend, but it's like, you just genuinely want to be friends with everyone or people who you surround yourself with. So it wasn't that as shocking as most people make it seem to be. Yeah, it. what stood out to me a few months before we graduated was when uh, someone who was a year older than us returned and talked about what it was like being in the classroom in college and not holding back and continuously raising her hand and making her presence known in the classroom by answering questions. And that made me really proud of being part of Fompon because I'm like, wow, like this experience conditioned her and enabled her to, to be, to have such a, a, like 
a presence in a classroom. And I think a lot of people going into college, not all have that same mentality um, and might be a little bit nervous or hold themselves back because of fear of what other people will think or say. And I think we have the benefit of recognizing that it's not a bad thing to be vocal, no matter if your university is small or large. Now, granted, I had a different experience because then it was a small college where it wasn't the right fit. So then I did feel insecure, but I continued to take that fomp on uh, value into Northeastern, which was, was a whole different ballgame. Um, and that, that made me be able to still kind of be accomplished and play with like the big guys, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. people who come from all over the world and, um, and study at Northeastern and I could still participate in conversations with them and, and show my, my intelligence. Participating in the classroom is absolutely a way that you're advocating for yourself every time you do it. Whether you make a fool of yourself or you don't, you don't need to be annoying about it. And I think we learned how to do that properly Mm -hmm. um, because if you didn't say something that was well thought out, you were going to hear about it later. Um, But it is absolutely a, a way to advocate for yourself. You saying that made me think of our first gym class freshman year. Um, Whoa. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I, I had always been in gym class with intense boys and I'm not the most sporty, sporty girl in the world, but like, I wanted to have fun. Um, and so we were getting ready in the locker room and I looked at our gym teacher and I was like, oh my gosh, there are no boys here that are going to yell at me. Like if I mess up the game, like I can just play and have a good time and figure it out. And she reminded me of that incident every single day <laughs> I saw her until we graduated she's like look at me and go like right you can just play and have a good time just play and have a good time no boys are here to yell at you um and so by the time I got to college and the boys were back in the classroom and the boys were back in the spaces um I wasn't afraid anymore because I had been able to do it um and like prove to myself that I had worth in addition to these other women without whatever weird thing I had internalized worrying about, about boys in middle school. That was just kind of gone, but it was even more than just like unlearning middle school things. It was like, I have a thing to say, damn it. I'm going to say it and I'm going to do it well. And if I look a fool, who cares? Yeah. I'm just going to fix it later. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just unlearning, you know, stigmas and stereotypes that are placed on a young girl whether intentionally or unintentionally it happens that's Mm -hmm. that's the reality of things and we were able to um uncondition those thoughts and beliefs so Mm -hmm. definitely do you think we definitely are different females than than most Mm -hmm. I would say but with that you know I I think that doesn't mean that we can't empower other women who didn't have that a similar experience, but maybe shedding light on our time at Fonbon will, you know, be empowering to women our age or younger who, you know, go to a co-ed school or are struggling with finding their voice too. Do you think that this has helped you professionally now that we're starting to enter jobs 
out of high school? What do you think, Lisa? Question. Well, so I had two points before this and I'll, then I'll get back to it. Yeah. But going back to gym class, that's so funny because I will never forget this. And Ariana and I still laugh about it to this very day. We were playing like basketball oh, and no. <laughs> I played basketball in middle school and there was no one near me. And I literally trip and fall over my like own ankles. Like, I don't even know what happened. And I just like, I'm just in the corner on the ground. And like me in middle school would have been like, oh my gosh, how embarrassing. The boy saw me fall. Like, I'm going to go the rest of the day, like with the boys thinking I'm like a clumsy nut, whatever. But like me in high school, I just got up, we laugh about it. And then we continued our days. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that big of a deal, which goes back of like the mentality of like breaking the stigmas. And then the second point, oh my goodness, I'm like going on a whirlwind. What was my second point? Oh, so like, I remember freshman year, like first week of high school, I raised my hand in science class and I'm like, I know that answer. And I say it so proud and confidently. And the teacher was like, that's actually wrong. And I'm like, you're kidding me. That's so embarrassing. Coming from like middle school, I'm like, okay, whatever. Even though this is like a really basic science class. And I remember going after to him and like crying. And I'm like, why am I crying? And I think ever since that happened, I was never afraid to really like say my mind or say anything, say any answer. Like if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It happens. Like I have a voice as Rachel said, use it. As long as you like learn how to not be annoying with it. Um, and then professionally, I think it really helped with what I learned in college. So it kind of like trickled along. So it's like the using my voice that I learned in high school, bringing it with me to college, and then using that to build it even better really helped me in getting a job and like presenting myself and mm-hmm. how I want others to kind of view my brand and what they can do to help me and what I can do to help them as well. So it's just building on top of what I learned from like my high school days. When you just said building your brand, I just thought how I straight up showed to high school with flower clips in my hair and feather earrings. I will never forget. (laughs) Feather earrings, never forget. She had like glasses that would make her eyes like, so big yes it's true and but you know what that is my brand you know like being creative is part of who I am and I've just learned it how to learned how to mold it a little bit better and refine it a little bit better but I used those things that those accessories to be bold in the classroom because I thought that if I wore those things, people would notice me even though I was a little bit more soft-spoken and I physically looked smaller and all of those things. So I thought that these accessories would kind of enhance it a little bit more. And I think I still use that in, in my brand, figure out ways that I can stand out. But I definitely do feel like I... I was able to brand myself even back then when I was 14 and I continue doing it. Do you, Rachel, do you think that you 
took some some things from your the way you were representing yourself then in high school to now like no, the, the graduate level or yeah. just it's life? funny because you were saying that you are more outspoken now um which I would agree with I on the other hand am much more introverted um than I was in high school I'm much slower to to say things I don't really think about things more before I say them um uh, but my, the heart part, the, the vibe that people get for me, right? I think whether I'm talking or whether I'm not is exactly the same. And it's straight up bump on. Um, like those, those values are there. In my job, I noticed today, I'm apologizing all the time. Oh, yes. Like too, way too much in a way that it's definitely getting annoying to people around me, but I don't like, um, and so my professional brain likes to kick in, right? Like you are strong, stop doing that. Don't belittle yourself. But what I realized, even on my walk home from the office today, I was like, no, you know what? Like where that, like whose voice is like kicking in? It's Mrs. Sarah Solo, like kicking in hardcore. Like don't apologize to me one more time. I can hear her saying it to me. Um, And it's still like a lesson that I haven't really learned yet. so I think professionally, um, I'm, I default on the bigger lessons, um, even though I do have a tendency to make myself more quiet than I ever was. I think my, my bold high school self has been turned down in a, in a positive way. You know, I know my place. I definitely know my place now. <laughs> You're more of a refined version there we go. That's a better word. Rachel is refined. Yeah, I like that. This has been a really good conversation. I I think I'm just going to ask our final question. And the theme of Dangerously Dainty is being unexpectedly bold, being, you know, delicately forceful. Um. So I chose the logo of Rose and a rose represents, you know, the most beautiful of things that still has, you know, a thorn in it. Um, so out of your high school experience, did you, ha- do you have a memory, a moment um, that was a rose, a positive or a beautiful moment and a negative, a thorn that you know, might have been hurtful, but ultimately the thorn ends up making the rose. So I leave it up to your interpretation as to how to answer the question. You want to go first, Rachel? Sure, I'll go first. Um, I'm, I'll start with my thorn. Um, I, I remember vividly wasting a lot of time and energy um, on the girls who weren't just competitive in a positive way, but like were actively tearing me down. Um, And sometimes like we forget about them, but they were there. And I spent a lot of my high school experience. I had wonderful friends like you two, right? That never went anywhere. But I spent a lot of time trying to be friends with people who were never good friends to me. Um, And I let that define myself in a lot of ways. And I just wish I hadn't done that. So girls out there, don't do that. Um, They're not worth it because even the friends that you think are your friends now are going to some of them are going to fall away. They just are. And that's okay. That's part of life. It absolutely is. So um, 
find the good ones and hold on to them tight. Um, and then oh, my rose, I, I go back to, to graduation all the time, um, seeing all of the girls there, right? Um, getting to see Ariana speak. I think about it all the time. Um, and seeing everyone kind of land where they needed to. Um, and I, unlike Ariana's where I was like, I wasn't criticized in that way, but I went and tried for a lot of things in high school that I just didn't get. Um, like I, went, I was like, these things devastated me. I can't even you think of them You were a great now. leader. You were Thank great. you. Thank you. But I went for a lot of leadership things that just did not pan out for me. Um, and graduation, the, the award that I got made me feel like I did something good at, at school. So I got to see my friends succeed and I finally kind of got to stamp my, my experience. Awesome. What about you, Lisa? What's your rose and thorn? I'm going to start off with my thorn as well. I would say that my thorn is comparing myself to others. So my spin instructor always says this, but comparing your chapter one to someone's chapter 14, whether it was comparing your academics, how you did in sports, how you did in socially even like having friends and whatnot it's like you can't compare yourself to someone else and all I did was compare myself and yeah it helped me but it's because you're your own story as well and then my rose is just the little moments of falling in love with what you love and not even realizing it so like falling in love with art and drawing and graphic design and not knowing it or like what even like the social justice like not realizing how much I loved environment and how much I actually do care for without knowing or even like I also love graduation as well on and speaking and then for some reason I feel like everyone was just so not nicer to each other but it was such a happy moment because everyone is finally going off to where they wanted to do and what they actually wanted to be and we spent all these years doing that and everyone just loved each other's presence and then just seeing the awards and all the happiness and love that was in that moment. Yeah, there was a lot of peace, mm-hmm. a lot of peace. And I think people were ready just to start their new chapters. Yeah. So I'm always like, that's, I love that because when I'm on my bike, not to make it about like spin, when I'm on my big bike, it's like, who cares if the person next to me is like skinnier or like if they look any different, we're all on our own journey. And what matters is yourself. Yeah, we're all in this room. We're all here to empower ourselves and be better. That's all that matters. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you want to be like, if you want to look like that person, because we're all different. We all have our own story. And so I love that so much. (laughs) I had to share it. These are great points of advice. And thinking about, I definitely share the the thorn that you had, Lisa, about, you know, the, that tendency of comparison. Um, I guess my thorn in a way is the same, but I did feel a little bit of um, unsure of where my place was at. Uh, at times, just because I do identify as Latina. Um, and there were some, 
some experiences at the school where I felt a little bit unseen. Um, and not sure where, where I was fitting in. Now my rose is the art room and the people that I would spend time with in that art room, which were you two and others, um, because that's where I did find my circle. And that's where I found a lot of motivation and encouragement. That is where I discovered my love for fashion and art. And although that is not necessarily the route that I ended up taking in college, it was definitely part of the pieces to the bigger picture because I see those um, passions resurface every day in everything that I do. And that is also a reflection of all the people that encourage me in that room too. So that's my rose. I love that. The art room was also my safe space. Yeah. There was something about it. So many good memories up there. So I guess our takeaway is don't compare yourself, find your safe space and the people that are your true friends and really value and appreciate them. And don't be afraid to speak up and share your voice with people in in any way that you find fit. But thank you all for doing this for me. Thank you. I'm so happy. And that's that's a wrap. I hope that y'all will stay tuned for future episodes. I have another high school friend coming in next week, and we're going to talk about body image and confidence. So I hope that'll be a really beneficial conversation. But until now, stay unexpectedly bold. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Dangerously Dainty. Make sure to turn on your notifications for new episodes. Please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. I would love to see and hear your support on the journey of self-discovery. You can also follow the Dangerously Dainty Instagram at dangerously.dainty for updates on upcoming episodes and Thriving Thursday posts for motivation. Thanks for listening and keeping unexpectedly bold.